We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast hello everybody it is tuesday may 31st 2022 a very happy memorial day to everyone uh, over the weekend that was celebrating that we remember the men and women that gave the ultimate sacrifice in service uh, for this country, remember them today and every day. I hope everybody had a nice weekend. Uh, got some sun, ate some burgers, brats, whatever your cookout food of choices. If you're Andy Herman, then I hope you had a really nice pizza and kind of got going from there. I'm your host today. I'm Jacob Westendorf, and I am joined as always by my counterpart, Jacob Morley. Jake, how are we feeling? What was your cookout food of choice? Man, we had some hot dogs uh, at the lake. Um, and it was good. It was great. Just classic, classic hot dogs some chips, uh, some beverages, but, uh, we had a good time. A little feeling a little sunburnt today, but, uh, everything is all in well. And I'm actually officially on summer break as well. Cause I'm a teacher. So man, things are, things are looking up for me. Only big days, only wins for Jacob Morley these days, summer break. I can't imagine how that feels and how everything, uh, going into the summer is so that'll be fun we're going into the summer for the Packers they have another session of OTAs this week Aaron Rodgers might be there he might not be he did say in uh, April that he would be in Green Bay for a couple of days in May it's currently May but he's also playing in the match on Wednesday against Patrick Mahomes Josh Allen and with Tom Brady um, he may show up he may not if he doesn't it wouldn't be the first time he uh misled the media before or said something on camera that turned out not to be true. We'll see what happens, uh, whether he, he personally needs to be there. I don't think so. Um, but I do think he does need to be there for his receiver. So it's kind of an interesting catch 22 there. Yeah. Like you'd rather he be there. Like that's like people are like, Oh, it doesn't matter. Probably not. You're right. It probably doesn't matter, but like you'd rather he's there. <laughs> like you'd always rather right. have your players there, but uh, whatever. Uh, it's kind of my stance on it, but also man, the match is going to be fun this year. Because last year, there was so much weirdness surrounding it with all, you know, kind of the standoff between Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. And I feel like this year, like, we could just sit back and just enjoy it. You know, just kind of watch it for what it is. Because it was pretty entertaining last year. So, I'm looking forward to that. I think it's going to be fun. And their actual, like, not I know Rodgers is, like, typically a pretty good golfer. But, like, he's a good golfer by 
not good player standards. So it's kind of like normal guys like Ross Uglum out there playing golf, talking crap. And, and it's the old guard versus the new guys. Like, you know, Rogers Brady was always the standard for 20 years and it kind of still is, but there's also these young guys in Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. So that should be fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to, I'll catch some of it on Wednesday night. There's no basketball um, or anything of that sort coming up here the next couple of days. So we'll just kind of get ready for all the other stuff, but yeah, otherwise the summer, you know, it's, we're getting into major league baseball. It's Memorial day. Jake, you're a twins fan. They're pretty firmly entrenched in first place. So that's gotta be a nice feeling. They'll sh- they should be uh, ready to get into October and lose a three game series to the New York Yankees. So that'll be a lot of fun when that hits this October. And uh, otherwise, you know, the NBA finals, the Boston Celtics against the golden state warriors. I personally am rooting for both teams to lose. I don't particularly like either one, but I think golden state wins. So that's the take there. Let's get into the Packers stuff side of things here. That's why we're here. Uh, we have today, so everybody talks about like who's going to have a, a, a great season. Who's going to be better this year than last year? Andy Herman just did five bounce back players for this season or five players that need to bounce back. So what we're doing is talking about five players that could regress in 2022. And that doesn't mean they're going to be bad players or anything like that. It's just that you know, last year they had a really, really good season. And can they replicate that? Because, you know, obviously this is the time of year where optimism runs supreme and it reigns supreme and it should because every team, especially when you're a team like the Packers, you should feel like your team is able to do great things and win. And they have a really good roster. Uh, I will push back on whoever it was that said the Packers don't even make the honorable mention list of complete teams. And I don't remember who wrote that article or who said that, but um, I think that's based entirely around wide receivers, which personally is ridiculous. Cause if you look anywhere else, green Bay is pretty well stocked at, at all those positions, but that's beside the point. These are guys that had a really good year last year and might struggle to replicate that this year. So the first one we're going to talk about is Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Aaron Rodgers for a couple of reasons. Number one, he is getting older and, and that doesn't mean that he's aging or like, you know, over the hill or, or anything like that. But in the last two years, He's had a renaissance back-to-back league MVPs, but prior to that, he had a you know a, a short stretch where he just wasn't very good. 2019, we've talked about it a lot. That's part of the reason why they went and drafted Jordan Love is because they thought Aaron Rodgers was declining. He proved them wrong. Good for him. Uh, but quarterbacks, when they get into the age range that Aaron Rodgers is in, typically don't get better. And not just that, Jake, but when you're the best player in the league for two consecutive seasons, there's really nowhere to go but down. So this is an easy candidate here. Right. And uh, that's kind of the whole point, too. And it's like, okay, if you want to go through and like, let's just say too, like, we don't want any of these things to happen. But it's worth it's worth noting. It's worth talking about, especially this time of year. Uh, Aaron Rodgers cannot probably replicate what he's done the last two years. Like I that would be really difficult to do. Um, one Well, here's the funny part, about- too, Jake. We didn't even talk about this is <laughs> Rodgers regressed in 2022 from 2021 or 2021 yep. from 2020, whatever way you want to look at it. So like he was the league MVP and still quote unquote worse than he was the year before. Right. And he missed a game, you know, all that stuff. But uh, the thing with Rogers, when I think you look at quarterbacks regressing as they get older, like the two guys that are you know most recent are Peyton Manning and Drew Brees. Uh, Aaron Rodgers arm talent has been and is way better than either of those guys ever could have dreamed of. You know, those guys were more cerebral type players. Um, Rodgers is that with the, you know, out of this world arm talent. And you look at the way he's been slinging the rock the last couple of years, there's nothing wrong with his arm. 
his arm has still got plenty of juice in it. So uh, I think when you look at the regression for him, it maybe isn't necessarily like a regression of his physical skills. It's just the fact that, yeah, Devontae Adams is not here anymore. And so who's his number one target? Who's getting open for him? Um, is he is he going to have to be making chicken salad out of chicken you-know-what? And what's that going to look like? You know, I think all of us optimistically think that Aaron Rodgers with Matt LaFleur are going to just make it work, and they're just going to be able to move the ball no matter who's out there. And I think if I was a betting man, that's what I would bet on too. But there is a path to, to looking at him struggle this year. To say, well, he's got a bunch of young guys uh, and they're having to rely on the run game because guys just aren't getting open. And if we know anything about Aaron Rodgers, the one kind of dumb knock on him is he's not going to throw it to you unless you're open, which isn't really a knock. That's like what I would want my quarterback to do. Uh, But, you know, he might have to go out there and, and make some throws that he's not typically comfortable making. Um, having to put the ball in spots, which he can do. We've seen him do it for almost two decades, put the ball in just ungodly type of spots for the only where the receiver can catch it, you know, the highlight reel throws. But if he's having to do that play in and play out, that's when you start saying, oh, geez, Aaron Rodgers actually threw 10 interceptions this year. Oh, my God. You know, which is per normal quarterback standards is is really good. But that's regression for Rodgers. That's Something he hasn't done since 2010. I saw that the right. other day, and, and that is just wild, bonkers. And so for Rodgers, for regression, we're not saying like he's going to suck. We just maybe are talking about regression as in, you know, he's not a top two, not two quarterback in the league this year, which is fine. You know, if, if everything else is clicking, that's fine. If uh, if the run game is working, if the defense is playing the way they're supposed to be, and if he's just making enough throws for them to move the ball and win, that's fine. But we maybe don't see MVP Aaron Rodgers this year, especially, man, when's the last time someone run th- won three MVPs in a row? Was it Brett? No, it was, Brett, I think it Brett. was, it might have been Favre. There might be, Brett Favre did, uh, 95, 96, 97. Peyton Manning might have done that. There may have been a stretch where he did. I would have to look to be sure. Um, but yeah, it's been a while since that's happened. And the other thing about it is Jake, you hit it on the head. You know, and I've talked about this a lot since they traded Adams. The optimist view is always, oh, well, they'll be better because he's spreading the ball around and he's not focused on Devonte Adams. And like, that's all well and good. But Marcus Eversall brought this up to me last week where he was like, well, how many times also though, have we seen the, the drive against San Francisco where Rogers hits Adams twice they get down the field in in 20 seconds and kick a game-winning field goal. This was the game in San Francisco. Like, there's plenty of instances like that as well. So the optimist view is, yeah, they'll be better because he'll spread the ball, or maybe not better, but they won't take a huge step back because he'll spread the ball around. And the the my view, the skeptic's view, I guess if you want to call it that, is just I don't know who the target is. You know, when people say, like, throw the ball to whoever's open. Well, cool. What if nobody's open? Like, that could be a thing. Like that is, that is possibly a thing and you can't scheme open a player on every single play. So that is something that could lead to a quote unquote regression of Aaron Rodgers. And I do think at the beginning of the season, especially there's going to be some moments where things look a little clunky, disjointed, you know, whatever those popular buzzwords are going to be at the time, but we'll see, you know, I think it's going to be different and maybe different's a good thing, you know, cause like we talked about a couple weeks ago, they didn't win a championship with 12 to 17 and that's not 12 to 17's fault per se, but they didn't, 
And Adams didn't want to be here. So that's just, you know, energy and karma and all that good stuff that Rogers might talk about that you just don't need in the locker room. So that's one potential candidate that way. The rest of our guys are on the defensive side of the ball, uh, which is interesting just because that is seen by a lot of fans and Packers media pundits as what is going to be the strength of this team this year is the defense, which again, to me remains to be seen, but we'll see. Um, so, but a potential regression candidate, one of the first ones is a guy who played his way into a contract extension last year. And there's a few of those, but the first one is Preston Smith. And part of this is like narrative based because it is even year Preston Smith. The other part is that Preston Smith had a phenomenal season last year. It was not quite as good as his first season in green Bay, but very good. And that's something where, again, he's, he's getting older. Um, he's not old or over the hill by any stretch, but he is getting older. This isn't a ascending player, so to speak for, for green Bay at this time. So that's somebody that, you know, maybe he doesn't replicate those numbers again, Morley. What do you see here? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and that's kind of been the story of his career is one year good, one year bad, one year good, one year bad. And so it's it's tough to say. I think we're going to find out a lot about how he comes into camp because I think that's if you're going to look at any indication of how he's done in the past. I mean, two years ago he came in noticeably kind of sloppy, and I think that was pretty well documented. Um, and it it basically led all of us to believe that he was his time in Green Bay was pretty much done. And then he comes out this year uh, kind of as an afterthought, like uh, Preston Smith, and plays really, really well. And so it's like, can they get that out of him again? I don't know. Um, I hope so, because if they don't, that's it. And, and you talk about regression of certain players. If he regresses, that's bad. Like that's, you know, in the past it was, well, they still had Rashawn. They still had Z, uh, two really good players. So they only have really two proven edge rushers right now, which is more than a lot of teams in the NFL. But for this defense to go, for this defense to be, you know, the the part of the team that's supposed to lead this team to a championship, 
if Preston Smith is not on his A game, I don't see how that's possible because behind him, there's Rashawn Gary and then uh, Inigbare, who we don't know anything about, and then guys, just guys. So he needs to he needs to play good. You know, he doesn't need to be the best version of Preston Smith, which we've seen twice now in Green Bay, but he definitely needs to avoid 2020 Preston Smith or whatever it was when he was actually bad. He was not good. Um, so they need the guy uh, that they got last year and his first year contract or some version of that, even if it's, even if it is just a, a little bit of a regression, as long as he's still playing good football, they'll be all right. But they cannot get the Preston Smith that they got two years ago where he was um, actually kind of a liability. No, and I will say last year's version is another another feather in the cap for the they are smarter than we are because I cannot tell you how my entire timeline basically said Preston Smith is a waste of eight and a half million dollars as far as cap dollars went. And Preston Smith turned out to be one of the most important players on the Packers defense last year. And, and that's going to be even more true this year. Like I said, Zadarius Smith is gone and I know he didn't play most of last year, but the Packers edge rushing group last year was a little thin and it still is. Like you said, we know nothing about Enigbare and the other guys are, are just dudes. And I think green Bay needs between now and, you know, when camp opens or maybe this is a trade deadline acquisition, something like that, but they need more help in the pass rush front, unless we see something from, Garvin, Galea, or Nalea, excuse me, and and Enigbare that we just haven't seen before. But we'll see. I, th- I think Preston Smith is one of, if you do a ranking of most important players on the Packers this year that are like not Aaron Rodgers and Rashawn Gary and, and players like that, like Preston Smith might come in number one of that tier two most important players. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, definitely a candidate here. The next guy is... The lightning in the bottle that they found last year, and that is Rasul Douglas. And Rasul Douglas came in, made himself a fan favorite. I will never forget the playoff game. He gets introduced, and everybody is chanting Sewell the way that they used to for like John Kuhn and players like that. That's kind of how you know you made it if you're a Packers player, if you got a name like that, and they can shout your name that way. Um, but you know, the thing about Douglas is <laughs> he was never as good in any of his other stops as he was in Green Bay. And like the other reality is Green Bay was his fifth team last year. And there's a reason for that. Now, maybe those teams were wrong. Maybe something clicked when he was in Green Bay. Maybe this was just like the perfect marriage of scheme and fit with the player skill sets and all that stuff. Maybe all of that clicked. But there's also the other thing that you have to acknowledge. And that, and this is kind of what I talked about when people were foolishly talking about how Green Bay could look to trade Jair Alexander because they have Douglas and Stokes. It's like, well, again, maybe Rasul Douglas isn't that good. I shouldn't say isn't as good as his 2021 self. And the likelihood is that he's not. And that's not disrespectful to Rasul Douglas. It's just kind of the reality. He's not going to return pick sixes back-to-back weeks, which hadn't been done since some guy named Herb Adderley. You might have heard of him. There's just a lot of different things at play here. And Douglas, again, just wasn't that at any of his other stops. So we have a larger sample size suggesting that maybe he's not that player. But again, this is kind of like the Aaron Rodgers thing. He can be less of what he was last year and still help this team win and win a championship. Right. If he's your, if he's your third corner, like, yeah, let him go out there and make plays. Like, I think he proved that last year that, um, and he kind of always, you know, was that like, even at West Virginia is he was kind of an opportunistic type guy. Um, but the, the chips really, really fell his way last year. It seemed like, 
you know, and to his credit, it seemed like every play he made last year was a game changing play. I mean, the pick at the end of the Arizona game, there's another pick that he had that basically sealed the game. I forget which Cleveland that was Cleveland. Um, and then obviously the two pick sixes were incredible. Like, I mean, the, a pick six is a game changing play anyway. So uh, it just seemed like every time they needed a big play on defense, like he would, he answered the bell. So it's just, I don't think it's realistic though to expect that from him again. I mean, that's, that's Charles Woodson level stuff right there. I mean, that's kind of what it reminded me of last year. Cause when Woods went see, you know, when Wood was playing his best ball, he legit was making plays when they needed him. And to expect that of Rasul Douglas, who is a guy that bounced around the league, um, could be, you know, I think in man, the, the thing is, you look historically at guys like him, he's not the only guy that's ever bounced around the league a bunch and then landed with the team. And like, like you said, lightning in a bottle type season. But you look around and those guys, it, they call it lightning in a bottle for a reason because a lot of those guys were not able to replicate what they did that year. So I don't want to be, you know, the bearer of bad news, but like, I just, am, I'm not expecting Sewell to have that type of season again. But with that said, when Jair and Stokes are the other two corners, and if they're playing their best brand of football, it probably doesn't matter uh, because he can just come in and do what he does best then and kind of be a little bit of the, of the gambler, the guy that's going to go out and make plays. What would he, what what surprised me with him last year that was so good is he made those plays, but he also didn't get beat. You know, a lot of those guys that gamble like that, you see them like uh, Diggs out of Dallas. He's a prime example of that. Dude made splash play after splash play, but he also gave up splash play after splash play. That was not Rasul Douglas last year. Um, so if he's able to replicate that, great. That's awesome. That's that's what they need for this defense to be elite. Um, but he's kind of another one of those guys, like you talked about with Preston. He's kind of the linchpin of can they get to that level? Because if he's playing like he did last year, which I hope so, and I believe he can. Like, I'm a big fan of Rasul. I loved him coming out of college. Uh, but – you know, just to expect him to replicate what he did last year. You know, and they are. They're banking on that. That's why they gave him a contract extension. Um, and they need him to, to be able to get to where they want to go. So I hope he does, and I think he can. Um, but he's a guy, too, that, man, you look at what he was able to do and uh, whew, doing that again. I mean, all pro. He's, he's an all pro. If he plays all 17 games, he's an all pro at the level he played last year. Um, so we'll see. That'll be an interesting one. He is a fan favorite. He's one of my absolute favorites, so I hope he can. But he is absolutely at the top of the list for guys that you would say he fits all the criteria of someone that was kind of a one-hit wonder. Yeah, and and we'll see if that is the case or not. Green Bay clearly, like you said, doesn't think so. They did bring him back. The other good news is there are two corners on the depth chart that are ahead of him. One of them is Jair Alexander, who's one of the best corners in all of football. And he's proven that, you know, the difference between the players that are, you know, kind of not that good or good and, and the ones that are great are the ones that can do it consistently year in and year out. You know, baseball, we talk about you know, this guy who comes up and <clears throat> he has a great year and, and then he regresses. Everyone's like, well, why did that happen? It's like, well, you know, he's a good player. He's not a great one. Then you look at guys like Justin Verlander, who are awesome, just every single year, year in and year out. But I'll stop boring you guys with baseball references. Um, well, the other, the other thing too, Jacob, is you look at the secondary with Stokes, Jair, and Sewell, and where you, where are you, who are you picking on? Sewell, like that's where you're going with it. So like he could still play good football for this team, like be a really good player, but he's going to be the guy that's getting all the targets. 
and he might give up more yards. And he also might pick off a bunch of passes, you know, because like he has that type of instinct. And that's the beauty of having three corners. But if I'm an offensive coordinator and I'm looking across the board and saying, where's my matchup? It's against him. Yeah. And there's another one that might become that. And this is the next guy we're going to talk about. And it'll be interesting to follow just, and this is more of a byproduct of just how good he was last year. Eric Stokes is another candidate for this. People talk about the year two jump, but in addition to the year two jump, you get the sophomore slumps as well. And sometimes that happens. Devontae Adams is a very famous sophomore slump. The worst season of his career was his sophomore season. So that's one. And Stokes could be another guy who, like you mentioned, if Rasul Douglas replicates what he does and Jair is Jair, maybe the guy that they're picking on is Eric Stokes saying that's the year two guy. And we've got this guy. And there were some games last year where Stokes had some not great moments. Uh, You know, the game against Jamar Chase, for example, but a lot of people had bad moments against Jamar Chase. I'm not picking on him for that. Just saying it is possible. Now he's a candidate for this. Do I actually think he's going to regress in 2022? No, I don't because he was one of the best rookie corners in all of football last season. He's on that short list with Patrick Sertan and that's lofty considering Patrick Sertan was a top 10 pick and Eric Stokes was a reach because he had CB next to his name instead of WR, which was all the draft analysis from that particular night. Morley, let me ask you this. If Eric Stokes has the season he has last year, but plays receiver, for Green Bay. What's the narrative surrounding him? Cause it feels like he doesn't get talked about at all nationally. I mean, so like Eric Stokes would be like, I would say he'd be like the equivalent at corner to like what Jalen Waddle was in Miami, like really good, you know, and someone that you're looking to make a huge impact in year two, because that's kind of what he is. Like he wasn't like Jamar chase level, like absolutely taking over games, but he was like, man, this is a really, really nice piece for this team. So I think that's the conversation that you'd have for him. And I think that's the conversation that you have for him in Green Bay. It's like, man, they got something in this kid. You know, when you when you look at what he did his rookie year, he's someone that you look at and say, like, okay, Green Bay found one. And the thing about rookies, though, is you got to do it. You got to do it again. You know, and, and I think it's promising for rookies to come out and especially at a position where cornerback is so hard to play at any you know, at any level. And like, sometimes it takes a while for guys to figure it out a la Rasul Douglas. Um, But also you got to do it again and again. Like the reason we know Jair is good is because every time he steps on the field, he's damn good. Uh, Stokes is going to have to prove it again year two. And the baseball reference that you just brought up is, is kind of why for rookies as well. You know, after, after a year, teams will look at your game They'll figure out how to attack you, where, where they can attack you, and that's why you always have to be getting better. And with Eric Stokes, the one thing I would do as an offensive coordinator is say, this guy can't play the ball. Like, he cannot play the ball. You, you saw it, and, like, the three things that – the three receivers he really struggled with last year were Jamar Chase, DeAndre Hopkins, and Justin Jefferson. Those are three, so three really of the good. seven best receivers yeah, in football. Ex- <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, and so that's the thing, and he's – and now that Jair's back, like, job, you go take those guys. You know what I mean? So let him take the twos and threes. Uh, but if I am an offensive coordinator, I'm going to start telling my quarterbacks, hey, yes, this 21, 21 for Green Bay, he's always in the receiver's hip pocket. So that may deter you from wanting to even throw the ball there, which is basically what happened. But you saw with the better receivers last year, 
if their quarterback gives them a chance, if you're a good receiver, more often than not, and this isn't just Eric Stokes. This is the reason Eric Stokes plays corner and not wide receiver, and most corners play corner instead of wide receiver. If it's a 50-50 ball in the air, the receiver has the advantage. And, you know, and and even hearing myself say this out loud, and I'm sure people will get this too, like that's nitpicky. That is being nitpicky. I get it. But if he is going to have any type of regression, it's going to be like the the Minnesota game where it was, you know, Kirk Cousins just throwing YOLO balls to Justin Jefferson and Stokes just wasn't answering the bell with the ball in the air. Like he was right there on most um, in on most every play. But he's just his ability to not play the ball in the air um, can be is something that I would say, like, if he does regress, that's going to be where it happens, because teams are just going to start saying, like, hey. Just throw it. Just throw the ball there. He ain't going to do nothing. He's not going to be able to do anything with it. So uh, he needs to get better in that area. And if he does, like, good God, watch out. You know, that is – and we talked, we've talked. we talked about that. It's been talked about. Like, if he gets better, if he just becomes average, like an average level corner uh, with playing the ball in the air, his ball skills, he's an all pro. Like, he – and I'm not saying that – like, I'm not exaggerating. That's how good he was last year. Because he is always in the receiver's hip pocket. He does not get beat. So if he can start taking the ball away, you know, at like a 20% higher clip, he's an all-pro. He's someone that you avoid, like the plague, throwing the ball to. And, oh, then Jair on the other side. You already know that. So, you know, that's the that's the inverse of it, right? So, like, if he sh- continues to struggle with that, he may give up more yards this next year because Jair is on the other side and people are just going to avoid him. So you got to pick your battles, and it's going to be Rasul or Stokes. And both those guys have their path to being phenomenal players for this team and this defense being elite. Um, but with Rasul, we talked about just kind of the, you know, he hasn't done it before. And with Stokes, we we need to talk about, well, there is, you know, he does have some holes in his game still that you can't maybe be able to exploit. So that's where I think he may regress. Um and even as we're talking about these guys, Jacob, I know we're like the bearers of bad news and this is like the negative Nancy podcast, but even talking about the regression for some of these guys, it's such like a, this might happen. It could like, if it's going to happen, it'll happen here. Probably not likely, you know? So like, it, right. it's still exciting. It's still exciting to even talk about this stuff with guys like where they could regress. Right. And, and then the other side of that, of course, is like you said, if he, if he progresses with the ball skills, because I mean, the one play, not the one, but one of the plays that sticks out in my head last year is I think the Browns are going for a two point conversion and Baker just throws a ball right into Stokes's bread basket mm-hmm. and he drops it. And there's another play that this was in warmups, warmups. They're doing the whole like receiver runs a slant corner, gets in his drop, runs forward to attack the ball in the air. And Stokes like drops the ball in warmups. Like that's just stuck in my head for just how poorly he played the ball last year, how poor his ball skills were. Now, is that something you could fix? Maybe we'll find out. And if it is, you know, if Stokes catches the ones they threw to him last year, Charles Woodson always says, if you catch the ones they throw to you, you'll lead the league. Well, when you lead the league in interceptions as a rookie, he might've been defensive rookie of the year, even over a guy that had a great season like Micah Parsons did, but putting him in that same conversation at that point just tells you what kind of rookie year he could have had. So we'll see for year two. The next one, and our last candidate for regression is probably the most obvious one, uh, and that is Devondre Campbell. And again, not a slight to Devondre Campbell, but again, another guy who kind of like Rasul Douglas uh, 
Dre has been a good player in the NFL before, but he's never been that good of a player before. First team all pro. He was an all pro. He was an all pro last year, Jacob. Is yeah, is there yeah. anyone that's had a more quiet all pro season than Devondre Campbell? Nobody talked about it. He was no, one of the best two inside linebackers in the league last year per the league. And people are just like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, God dang, he's good. Or he was good. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Gets the extension. There were some Packer fans that kind of over the top threw that as thinking he was more important to re-sign than Devontae Adams. I still very firmly disagree with that, but that's that's a different discussion. It doesn't really matter anymore. I did want him re-signed. He did get the extension that he got. Ross Ogham's not here to yell at me about how linebackers don't matter, so I'm just going to continue on that. But the reality is he'd never been a first-team All-Pro player before. He'd never been an All-Pro before. Last year was kind of like, again, the culmination of everything. And now did everything. Is this, again, another match where – and Campbell talked about this, and so did Joe Barry, and so has Brian Gutekunst even in passing, where the scheme, what they asked him to do, and everything just kind of perfectly married itself – and will that happen again now that they brought in a guy like Quay Walker and, and just some of the other stuff that he's going to have going there. But Campbell to me, again, if he's not a first team, all pro, it's kind of like the Aaron Rodgers discussion. If he's not a first team, all pro, it's a regression. If Rodgers isn't the MVP, it's a quote unquote regression. So Campbell, again, I expect him to have a very good season, but I'm not going to bank on him being an all pro again, either. With Campbell, what I think is encouraging though, at least is he's always been good. He's always been a, yes. a good player um, with some of these guys on the list, like, you know, Rasul and Preston, they have tape. That's not good out there. And Campbell doesn't really have that. Like in Arizona, Campbell kind of was the odd man out because they drafted Isaiah Simmons in the top 10 and they just needed to get him on the field. Um, but he was also the guy in Arizona that kept blocking Isaiah Simmons from being on the field. So he was kind of a guy that slipped through the cracks. And, you know, he's a young, he's not an older player either. He's like right in his prime um, that was still sitting there and probably, you know, would have been a good player for whatever team he went and played for. But in this scheme, and for whatever reason, Joe Barry gets the absolute most out of his inside linebackers. Uh, he was a star. He was a legitimate star for this team last year. Um, and that's where, like you said, can he be that again? If he can, Great. Like we've said it, I've said it with every player on the defensive side of the ball. If he can, then boom, this defense is going to be very good. But if he goes back to just being an okay player, 
I think his his variance, like I think the Packers would still be all right just because it is the inside linebacker position and you kind of just need someone to be okay if everyone else hits and if everyone else is playing their best football. Um, but man, this defense could be special. If all these guys we talked about on defense can like just maintain the level of play that we got out of them last year, that's where I think people around the league and writers and guys like us look at this defense and say, well, shoot, why don't they just ride this defense? Why don't they just ride this defense to the Super Bowl if they can? I mean, you still got Aaron Rodgers on offense. It'll be good enough. You still got two studs toting the ball at running back and a really good offensive line. If this defense hits, if Devondre Campbell can be that leader in the inside, in the middle of the field again, then let's ride. But he's never been an All-Pro before. If this def- and it, like now that we're wrapping this up, it really is fascinating how many guys on this defense that they're counting on to replicate something that they haven't necessarily been doing for a long time. You know, all the guys we talked about, it was kind of the same story. Yeah, Can but there are guys again? on. Can they do it again? And, the, and the, the compliment of that, of course, is that you think Rashawn Gary is going to get better. There's evidence to prove that that could be the case. Mm-hmm. Darnell Savage is somebody that I'm going to talk about a bunch because I do think some of his – Oh, he was bad last year is being exaggerated to some degree. Now, did he have some really rough moments? Yes. You can't take away the Baltimore game, for example. But this idea that he was just a terrible football player last year, I don't I don't buy that necessarily either. But he's somebody who, when it clicks, like we were talking about Darnell Savage potentially being the best player on this defense in 2021. Like there was an outside chance of that being true. But he regressed. But he you regressed. Know, so like kind of the same thing here. It's like, man – He's showing signs, like, because he did two years ago. He showed absolute signs down the stretch of being that dude, of just being an absolute stud on the back end. You know, new system comes in, um, plays good, good. Like, that's the thing. It's like he wasn't bad last year at all. And talk about, hey, just catch the balls that they throw to you. If he does that, he maybe leads the league in interceptions or he's up there uh, because he's, he had his hands on a ton of footballs last year. He's just got to bring them in. It reminds me of kind of like the Nick Collins trajectory. And I probably compare way too many people to Nick Collins, but like Nick Collins wasn't Nick Collins. Savage is going to be a Hall of Famer. We got it. But like Nick Collins wasn't Nick Collins till year four. You know, it took him a little bit longer to, and he's a guy, you know, lump Eric Stokes in there too. Early Nick Collins ball skills were terrible. They were not good. Like, I don't know what he did in year four, but then all of a sudden he's getting seven, eight, nine picks a year for like four years straight. Um, So like that stuff can get better. And Savage, if he can start making more splash plays like that, like which he was fingertips away from last year, he's going he's gonna to be fine. You know, and even if he isn't, if Savage just is what he is right now, that's a good football player. It's not like he's bad. He's not like someone that you have to hide on defense. Um, he's going to make his plays and he's going to give up some plays, um, but he's a good football player. Yeah, and that's the life of a defensive back for the most part. So – that's going to do it for this edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. Again, enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Enjoy the – we hope we helped get you through some of the uh, Tuesday scaries, I guess, since it's you know it's not a Monday. It's more like a, a Monday with it being the three-day weekend. But I hope you enjoyed your three-day weekend. I hope you enjoyed everything that that weekend entails. Uh, check us out on Twitter at Pack-A-Day Podcast. You can follow me. I'm at Jacob Westdorf. You can follow him at Jacob Morley. We will be back next week, which is right on time for the mandatory minicamp, which Aaron Rodgers has also said. He will take part of. So looking forward to that. Looking forward to the calendar turning to June and then almost July when it's football season upon us once again. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week.
everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.